<laughs> We're out of practice. Aren't we we haven't been down here in so long. Okay. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> you need me to do this? No, I've got this. Welcome to another no, episode. No, it's of- my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> Okay. You were struggling. I was going to take over. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And we are back, baby. Yeah. It's been a bit of a hiatus. It feels like it's been forever since we've been down here in our chilly basement. Since Conclave. Since Conclave. So, well, since we did Aqua. Yeah. That's the last time we've sat down. Yeah. We've had some fun... Interviews. Interviews. And also fun trade shows. Yeah. Lots we, of... We just got back from Vegas. I am now... Like, what is... It's been like a week and a half. I am yeah. now starting to recover yeah. From the Vegas show. It's just so draining. Yeah. So much talking. And then so much follow-up. Like so yeah. many details to keep clear in your head that it's it's a lot. It is a lot. And then the twenties and all this, you know. Just busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. But we're back. And I'm super excited because we're talking about Jade today. Yeah. And um, it's a gemstone I love. Well, actually, it's not just one gemstone. But ever since college, I accidentally enrolled myself into an Asian art history class. I don't know how I did it, but I showed up the first day and was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. But ever since then, I've been obsessed with Jade because Asian cultures love it. Yeah, especially China. Especially China. So Jade, known as the Stone of Heaven, is basically a generic term, like I said, for two mineral aggregates One being nephrite, which is a silicate of calcium and magnesium, and the other being jadeite, which is a silicate of sodium and aluminum. So the cool thing about them is they're both soft enough to carve, but tough enough to withstand uh, like repeated hammering. So they're extremely tough mineral aggregates. Yeah, so, so a lot of times I think people get confused about hardness versus toughness. And so the way the atoms of a gem bond together and the strength of those bonds determine the toughness of the stone or how well a gemstone resists breaking and chipping. And the toughness scale in scientific literature is called the fracture toughness scale. Mm. And the toughness scale measures the work required to separate two surfaces of a crystal along a certain crystallographic plane. Uh, so the values range. So the so jade and nephrite are very similar in hardness. So the hardness of jadeite and nephrite are very similar. Mm-hmm. So jadeite is a six and a half to seven on the Mohs scale, whereas nephrite is a six to a six and a half. Which is nice because it, it makes it really easy to carve. Right. Whereas in the toughness scale, nephrite is at 225,000 and jadeite is at 120,000. What's like a diamond? So yeah, that's actually, so considered, so they're considered very tough gems. So corundum, uh, like sapphire, ruby. yeah, which is sapphire ruby is, uh, six is 600. So not nearly as tough. Whoa. And then values for diamond range um, from 5,000 along, along the stone's cleavage planes to over 8,000. So what was nephrite? 
Nephrite was 225,000. Holy Toledo. So it's one of the toughest materials. Yeah, super tough. So even though diamonds are considered tough, they can break more easily in certain directions and a hard blow can cleave or fracture a gemstone. Uh, So diamonds like with extremely thin girdles and ones with exposed points like um, a pear or a marquee are quite susceptible to breakage or chipping. Mm-hmm. Whereas with j- jadeite and nephrite, it's much better in that way. Yeah. So we're going to try to be super, 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 super careful this episode. Jade is just a general term. So when we're talking specifically about jadeite, we'll say jadeite. And when we're talking specifically about nephrite, We'll talk about nephrite, but it wasn't until the 19th century that uh, French scientists actually distinguished the two before it was all lumped into one group. This tough green material was all called jade. So the the funny thing is the, the name of jade even shows how connected these two species of gems have been throughout the millennia. Jade, the English word jade, is derived from a French word, lejade, meaning flanks or kidneys. Now, that French word was derived from a Spanish word, piedra de hijada, meaning loinstone or stone for the pain in the side, which is because in the 1500s, when the Spanish conquistadors came to Mesoamerica, they saw the indigenous people holding jade next to their backs or bodies as a cure for pain, as a treatment for pain. Which they probably just needed more water. <laughs> as, as I frequently get kidney pain because I don't drink enough water, I should just rate myself in jade. There you go. <laughs> so the, the English word nephrite is derived from a Latin translation of the Spanish term for jade. So the Latin word is lapis nephriticus, and it's just basically a translation for the stone and the pain of the side. So these words are totally connected. So we take the term nephrite from a Latin translation of jade, and we take the word jade from a French translation of a Spanish translation of the term jade. So they're super connected and have been throughout history. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> You made her struggle through the translation. You're like, what? Yeah, you made me struggle through it, and then you were like... It's all my fault. It's all my fault. It is. Okay. So let's do, you know, my favorite bit, the history and the lore of the... Yeah, so history is pretty cool. So it's been used. They've found tools and weapons and ornaments going all the way back to the Stone Age. Yeah. So this is, a, this is material that has a ton of history going way, 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 way back. And so I think it's most appreciated in China and mm-hmm. Chinese cultures. And this is where my love for jade came in my Asian art history class was that it was discovered and used over, you know, tens of thousands of years ago in the mountains and rivers of Western China. And but that was all nephrite. It was nephrite. So for those thousands and thousands of years, the Chinese used nephrite and carved it into tools, weapons, jewelry, sculptures, and they even made a musical instrument with it. Um, it was a very important stone to the imperial family. In fact, the oldest symbol or ideograph for king appears to be the symbol for a string of jade beads. 
So to represent king is like three circles on a string, which they feel represents jade beads. <laughs> um, the Chinese associate jade with clarity of mind and purity of spirit. And they have different amulets or different carvings that have different meanings in it. So the bat, a bat carved in jade is equals happiness. So if you want someone to be happy, you give them a bat carved out of jade. Um, a dragon equals power, prosperity, and goodness. A peach equals immortality. And a pie or a flat circular disc with a hole in the center, you know, you've seen those, it equals heaven or eternity. And they often placed that under the bodies of the dead. Hmm. Um, one of the coolest things I remember from ancient art history was there was a princess who had a whole burial suit made out of nephrite, which is, wow. yeah, which is it's pretty amazing. Cool. So they also like to carve butterflies out of it. And there is a super cute Chinese legend about why the butterfly is so significant. Um, there was a young man who was chasing a butterfly and he happened to wander into a rich man's garden. Now, instead of being punished for trespassing, he happened to catch the eye of the rich man's daughter and true love happened, you guys. And so they ended up getting married and fell in love. And so a butterfly, a jade carved butterfly is often given to a fiance. So like Aww. a bridegroom will give it to his fiance as That's a so gift sweet. for like everlasting love. That's cute. <laughs> so the, so the Chinese strongly believe that jade should be worn touching the skin for healing and protection. So they often carve bangles out of a single piece of jade, which is known as a hololith. And they're given as gifts to protect the wearer. So a lot of times they're given to very young children as, as protection throughout their whole life. Um, new, there are numerous stories of people becoming either seriously ill or in like an accident only to have the hololith break at a critical time. And have the wearer miraculously recover from the illness or come out of the accident injury free. And that is because they believe that the jade is actually absorbing the negative energy. Hmm. And that the trauma of that negative energy causes the jade hololith to break. That's cool. Yeah, and they also believe that it reflects the life of the wearer becoming more brilliant during the good times and dull during the bad. Yeah, so that, that's one of the cool things about jadeite is that it actually scatters the light. So mm -hmm. it's kind of cool that way too. So you could take like a white piece of jade if it has like a small green spot and you hold a light to the back of it, you can actually make the whole thing will turn green if lit from behind. Yeah, so prior to 1784, nephrite was what the Chinese were using. And in 1784, jadeite was introduced to China when China took over Burma. And China's emperor at the time was so impressed with this, quote, new jade, he said, mine it and send it all to Beijing because I want it all. The court, his court, was just astonished with jadeite's gorgeous color because the intense green of top quality jadeite made even the best nephrite look muted. Yeah. And so today's top quality of jadeite is known as imperial in honor of the emperor's love for the stone. All right, so we've talked about how important jade was or and still is to uh, China and the Chinese culture. The thing that I found super interesting is it's also really important in New Zealand. 
Yep. With the, the Maoris. And again, that was nephrite. Mm-hmm. And so the Maoris of New Zealand used nephrite for tools and weapons. And they had never seen iron until the 17th century when Europeans came for a visit. Ironically, nephrite holds a better edge than iron. Yeah, for knives and yeah. weapons. I, my brother-in-law, Adam, has a nephrite axe, a Maori axe. Like, yeah. It's a replica. But, dude, that thing that thing could inflict some pain. Mm. We had to kind of retie it onto the... Yeah. What do you call that? The hilt of the axe? The handle. The handle. And we were playing with it at the office. And I was like, this is, this is against company policy to have weapons in the office. But it's kind of a gemstone, so it's a gray area. But um, they, the Maoris also use nephrite to carve um, little tiki figures. And tiki means the first man. And these figures were worn by a patriarch of the family. And they off often represented an actual ancestor. Ancestor, exactly. And so they were passed down from one old male to another old male to another old male. I mean, kind of down the family line, all old men. <laughs> but, sorry. <laughs> um, so not only were they prized for, you know, the heirloom quality, like this is from my great-great-great-grandpa kind of a thing, but they also... They were also thought to be able to communicate with the the wearer. So basically, you would have all the knowledge of your ancestors in that tiki. Everyone that had worn it before you had imbued all their powers, their thoughts, their feelings into this piece. And so it was supposed to guide you and the family to greatness down through the generations. Um, When the last male heir died, the tiki was buried with him to protect it from anyone else wearing it and using its power. Hmm. Yeah, so they would use wizards to find the the nephrite on wizard. wizard. Well, I guess that's the Maoris have wizards. <laughs> oh, that's the English translation. The word is tahunga. That okay. was what they used and they were these wizards that would I'm go more like a shaman. Yeah, like a shaman. I, I like do this. The air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like more of a shaman. A, sh- a shaman, but I like wizard. It makes me think of <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> so anyway. New Zealand's actually is Harry Potter land. Is it really? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. she, she went for it. I went for it. Okay, anyway. So the Lord of the Rings land. Would go out with the jade finding party and retire into the woods somewhere and go into a trance and apparently be visited by a spirit, and that spirit would tell them where to go find the next wow. piece of jade. Yeah, my theory is that they retired to the woods, which was meaning like, leave me alone, I gotta go find some jade, and then I'll show you where it is, kind of a thing. But so it was a super, uh, super important thing in the Maori uh, culture. They kind of stopped carving tiki's about 200 years ago, really with the influence of the Europeans. Um, Europeans would of, of, often take them home with them and make know, replicas, make replicas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, jade was also super important in Central America, which I. Also didn't know. I, yeah. I just keep associating it with China. But it was prized by the Mayans and Aztecs. And this was actual jadeite. 
and people were using it early as 1500 BC, again, for tools, weapons, and carvings. Like, why don't we still use it for tools? It could make an awesome shovel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Expensive. <laughs> an expensive shovel. I guess so. Make an awesome but shovel. of all the tools Brenda knows to come up with, she wants a shovel. I'm thinking of gardening. It's the summertime. I'm like, I want a nephrite or a shovel. You're hilarious. All right, so put that next to her dinosaur egg. Yeah, a nephrite shovel, dinosaur and a dinosaur egg. egg. Got it. Okay, so add it to the list. In the 16th century, when Cortez invaded the Aztec Empire, jadeite was the most valuable thing that Montezuma had, and so Montezuma presented Cortez three jadeite beads, and Cortez was like, "What is this? I have no reference for this. This is no value to me. Mm. Toss them." said, I'm taking the gold and the emeralds. And the jadeite that did make it back to Europe was crushed for medicine. And so they just didn't know the value of it. They, sure. they had no, it was so foreign to them, they had no value. And so quickly after the arrival of the Spanish into the Americas and the downfall of the Aztecs, jadeite mining halted. And it actually wasn't until the 1900s that archaeologists really unearthed the impact that jadeite had on the Mayan and Aztec cultures and how frequently it was used and how highly it was valued. <laughs> um, so I guess that wraps up kind of like the history of jade, yeah. jadeite and nephrite. And I think it will be important for and those, us. And those are the, the major sources still today, right? Is China, Burma. Is there any, I don't think there's any mining being done in New Zealand anymore, is there? Not much because it's uh, cultural, culturally significant, but okay. it is still a source. Um, and so then, and China, then. current sources for jadeite are Burma, Myanmar, yep. and that is top, 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 top quality. Uh, Guatemala is still a source, Russia, and California. South central coast of California, just below Big Sur along Highway 1. There are oh, five it's beautiful there. To hunt for jade. Sanson, Simeon, Willow Creek, Jade Cove, Gem Cove, aka North Jade Cove, and <laughs> Sand Dollar Beach. There you go. If you want to go on a jade expedition in California. And then sources, current sources for nephrite are Canada, which has a huge deposit of it, was discovered in the 1800s by Chinese immigrants, uh, China, and New Zealand stone. But I thought now would kind of be a great time to go over quality and value for jadeite and nephrite, starting probably with jadeite because it is more valuable than nephrite. Uh, the three most important value factors for jadeite are color, transparency, and texture. Right. So the finest color that we talked about earlier, which um, is uh, green, which is known as imperial jade. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the, the other colors that you can find are black, white, lavender, red, red orange, orange, yellow, brown, yeah. gray. Yep. Did you say gray? I didn't say gray. Okay, gray. You said gray. Yeah. So a bunch of different colors with green being the most, most valuable. So imperial jade, the most desired shade of green can command millions of dollars and it's a vivid green with no gray. 
Um, it's a pure green to slightly bluish green to a yellowish green, very similar in color range to your emerald. And the color is caused by chromium, which also causes the color green in emerald. Uh, the second most valuable color in jade is lavender. And so even your top, top colors of lavender can even command a higher price tag than like your second tier color of green, just hmm. because it's prized by collectors for being a rare, a, a rare, rare color. color of of jadeite and in color uniformity is the key so you need to see an even color distribution through the stone so no modeling or streaks or veins now there are times when streaking or veins through the stone can lead to you know a like it makes gem. an interesting pattern yeah or... and so those can have a higher a higher value but they like it to be like a really strong green against bright white yeah. And so they like to see that stink, uh, distinct color. difference in colors. Yeah. So then the next most important part would be transparency. And Jadeite's transparency ranges from completely opaque to semi-transparent. And the very best Jadeite, like the Imperial Jade, would be semi-transparent. So the more transparent the material the better. Yeah, and that's because like what Jonathan was saying earlier, how it kind of scatters light, the more transparent it is, the more it seems to just glow from within. Yeah, yeah. And they often do a read-through test to determine the transparency of the jade. So they'll take a, a line, a black line, and they'll place the jade on top of it. And the more transparent, the clearer you can see the line through the gem. The better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then the third thing would be texture. So texture, jadeite has a lovely smooth and even texture that makes people want to touch and hold it. And so, um, it, it's, you know, has that nice gleam and polish and that would be the very best. And, and that's, then, that's often due to like the crystal size in the jadeite. So you can have different crystal sizes in the jadeite. It can be a fine, medium, or coarse texture. And they have these terms that I'm not really quite sure how they came up with these terms, but they're trade terms. So old mine jadeite is considered the finest, um, the smallest crystal size. Relatively old mine is your medium texture. And new mine is the coarsest texture hmm. when you're kind of in the jadeite Grading world. Grading in the jadeite yeah. world. Hmm. And so it's jadeite's interlocking, interlocking crystals or grains that produce this tightly compacted mass that bonds together and resists breaking, which makes it so tough. And they they think, and it's, I think it is pretty clear, that texture and toughness are related. Sure, because, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. because fine-grained crystals typically show higher transparency. Hmm. So those two are both related. And it's its texture and toughness that mean it can take a beautiful high polish. Hmm. So the finer the texture, the more beautifully high the polish can be. The coarser the texture, you can get a mottled surface a little bit just because it's coarse. Right. And that kind of takes you into there, there's um, in as far as treatment is concerned, there's so a jade is no modification and then 
bee jade is where they bleach it with acid mm -hmm. and so this would be more for the coarser material yeah it's, they... it typically has like a brown hue to it with maybe like a streak of green through it yeah. so they're going to try to bleach out that brown so they, they bleach it with acid and then they impregnate it with either a wax or a resin or a combination of wax and resin usually colorless or almost colorless wax or resin i just impregnated like, impregnate you know like I that just, word like coated like, but it's, it's not so just like it's not just a coating yeah no because they actually <laughs> want to get it deep down in there because the deeper they get it with like that resin that's with that hardener mm -hmm. it makes it the more durable, you know, the more durable it, is. it is and you can get a better polish on it mm -hmm. and it makes it look better so that's b and then c jade is when it's filled with a coloring agent so say that it is an ugly color or it has brown modeling and so then they'll impregnate it with a coloring agent and then you can do, you can be, have it just be colored or just wax and resin impregnated, or you can actually have both. Mm -hmm. And so that's called BC jade. So A is none, B is the impregnation, and C is the coloring agent. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the cool parts too of the cutting of jade and how the Chinese got so good at cutting jade actually really helped us in our business with yeah. opal is that in the 1950s, George Manning actually brought opal rough because he couldn't produce enough between the cutting in that he was doing in New York and the cutting in Eder Oberstein because he took to Germany first is that he, he wanted to cut more. And so he actually ended up going to Hong Kong in the 1950s and brought the opal to there. And so that's when Hong Kong became a major opal cutting center. Thank is you, due Jade. to their yeah, due to their their knowledge and experience with cutting jade. Their thousands and thousands and thousands of years with jade. Yeah. The thing that I find crazy about jadeite is that oftentimes people are buying it blind. So jadeite forms in these boulders, and oh yeah, boulders they have a skin. Have skin, and you can't tell the quality of that boulder without breaking it open. So to the miner, sometimes it's a positive not to break it open because if it's crappy material on the inside, then we'll get a better price for it. We'll get a better price for it. And there's two different kinds of jadeite. They call it river jade, which has a thin skin, and that's typically river worn. So some of that tougher skin has been worn off and will usually give you an indication of what's inside. And then there's mountain jade, which is thick-skinned. And so that's obviously harder to tell what's going on inside. And it's like a gamble because you really don't want to cut. When you cut into a piece of jadeite, you could be ruining the value because you could be cutting through a large section right. so, of that really So sometimes color. they'll just take just a really small portion of that skin off, mm -hmm. just a, like, like, a like a window. Yeah. yeah. Um, still, the, we could go gambling in the Myanmar jade market. Jade market. <laughs> Not my scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, far, as far as care is concerned, uh, they recommend cleaning it with just warm, soapy water and a soft cloth. Mm -hmm. So pretty easy to keep to clean. And price ranges hugely with jade, millions sure. and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, it's become so much more desirable now as we've seen the rise of the middle class in China yeah. that, that everybody is wanting a piece of jade now. And so it can range, like I said, auction houses, 10 millions of dollars for a strand of beads. If they're that super... That super high-end mm -hmm. imperial color, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where nephrite is different. Yeah. Nephrite is, it has huge historic value, but it's much more plentiful than jadeite. So obviously price is a factor. And when you look at 
the colors next to each other, your like we said earlier, your finest nephrite is going to be nowhere in comparison to your finest jadeite. And I think it has more of like an earthy tone to it. There's more of a brown undertone to nephrite than there is to jade. Usually. Usually. Um, the difference that I find the most interesting between jadeite and nephrite is where jadeite structure is made up of grainy crystals. Nephrite is made up of fibrous crystals. And that's what makes it extremely resistant to fracturing and why it's actually tougher than jadeite is because of those fibrous crystals. Um, so basically, nephrite is very readily available and it's a lower priced alternative to jadeite. Mm-hmm. And I have a nephrite ring. Yeah. I do. And I have jade jade earrings (laughs) that I got from an auction auction in in Ohio. (laughs) You never know where you'll find things, people. I got them for like $10. And they're not top quality, but they're pretty cool. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And if you want to see what we do in our real life, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Parlay Gems. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.